This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mom of four, Jessica Shields. Welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. Again, I'm so glad you're tuning in. Today, we will be talking about supporting teens who have challenging behaviors. And maybe you have a teen, whether a foster teen or your own teen, who is dealing with some issues that are overwhelming for the entire family. And maybe you feel that your teen is headed down the wrong path. Well, there is good news. There is a way to get help before it's too late. And today I have a very special guest for you who works closely with troubled teens. And what makes him extra special is the fact that he is my Uncle Will, also known to others as Dr. Will Shields. Uncle Will, I'm so honored to have you today. How are you? I am fine. And I thank you, Jessica, for the opportunity to share Looking forward to this conversation today. Me too. And you know what? I think it'll be beneficial for you just to share a little bit about your background with us. Okay. First of all, I am the father of five children and I am, I've been married for 51 years. So, and I have worked as a pastor for, for 40 years. I've worked at the Jehovah. Juvenile Detention Center uh, for about 20 years now. Uh, Actually, I work with juveniles every day as a superintendent and superintendent and director. So I see troubled teens every day. And of course, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you the things that I would like to help others with. One thing that I can say is that I've... um, I've worked in marriage and family, taught at State Fair Community College for uh, youth, and I've worked with youth in psychology, in a sense, worked with pathways, behavioral health, dealing with kids with behavior issues. I've uh, supervised and was director of uh, homeless shelter, and so we would see all types of children with all type of behaviors and parents who not knowing what to do and how to deal with the children and their anger and all of the problems that they have lost control over. So it's it's an awesome opportunity to share with you today. I appreciate that. And you just have such an extensive background in counseling and support. And so this is just going to be a wonderful, wonderful piece of information for parents to take away. And just even if it's not them directly, or maybe a family member, it could be, you know, it's just going to be helpful for somebody somewhere. So I appreciate you being here. Um, So, you know, I don't work in that. I don't work with troubled teens as much like the juvenile system. But I know that you have so much information or so much experience with that. What are some of the common problems that you see? Like, what are some of the problems that these children come in with? 
Well, not only what they come in with, but what they leave from home with. They leave home with things as small as eye rolling, cursing, insults, backbiting, uh, back talking, uh, name calling, ignoring requests of parents, snide remarks, disrespect from from each one from the parent being disrespectful, not knowing how to respond, anger mm-hmm. causes more anger, and of course, the word anger is one letter from danger. You know, so uh, the truth is, uh, this disrespectful behavior though is one of the inappropriate ways kids, uh, especially teenagers, try to solve their problems. So kids can find. Uh, powerless in the face of rules and expectations. So when they feel powerless, then that's how they talk back and they show disrespect in one way. And then they try to take some power back. But uh, if so, if they can drag that parent into an argument uh, for them, that's even better. And that argue, they argue and about respect and they argue every time uh, they have to do homework. And so, but the parent, have to be able to uh, deal with the challenge without becoming angry to the point that it causes their behavior to escalate. And when that happens, it just makes things worse. Mm, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a power struggle. Yeah. So, you know, when, a, when, you're, when your child has anger outbursts, uh, uh, they want to have their way. And they, their entire family is on edge, you know, whether it's the sister, the brother, and then they have competition between each other and all of that. And uh, the parents, they really uh, never ex- anticipate having to deal with explosive behavior, but it happens. And so I think an advice, if I could give any, would be that uh, a parent should not challenge a child when they're angry. That, you know, many times parents deal with angry outbursts by challenging their kids in the heat of the moment and they are Mm -hmm. yelling back and and then they get frustrated. And then there are times that then there's an altercation. The parent may hit the child or abuse the child and all of that. And then the child hits back and then the child is the one that gets in trouble because the parent is the adult. And so uh, many times challenging or confronting your child about misbehavior when you're angry is actually it's a throwing into a, a, a match it's like throwing a match into a gasoline can you know it's just like yeah blow, just ignites blow. it yeah mm-hmm. so the result uh will be outbursts that's bigger and hotter and angry they become more angry uh, so the best response immediate response to a child's anger is no emotion at all. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but just staying at a level of calm as you can, you know, when you can stay calm, you're, you're leading your child to a, a better outcome. And when a child feels that they're listening, being listened to, even though they may be angry, they will actually calm down. When your voice goes up, theirs goes up and mm. higher and higher, you know. And so as a parent, we really have to be able to stay on a level keel and, and just don't challenge them when you're angry. And uh, sometimes uh, it's hard for a parent to reason or use logic when they're angry, when the child is angry, and they both just lose it. And so the parent really has to be the one as the adult in the room to try to be the talk, even though they may be angry, 
but not allow their attitude to affect their behavior. You know, it's like they just have to be able to help that child. I know that most parents, they really love their children, but they just don't know how to handle uh, opposition and frustration and outbursts of anger and uh, teens that are dealing with situations. But many times it's stuff that's going on because sometimes you just need to sit down and say, let's talk. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it could be stuff just going on at the school. It could be problems with the girlfriend, boyfriend. It could be a problem with uh, being bullied or all those kind of things. And I know in the juvenile center, we've had kids that have come in and then actually find out that the kid was in an abusive situation at home. And, but the kid was the one that got arrested, you know, and so Mm -hmm. uh, because the kid, you know, hit the parent back because the parent hit, him and the deal is the child was being abused all the time so it's it's always uh good to just try to figure stuff out especially for parents parents i think um if they could just learn to just hold their temper and try to sit down and talk to the children and reason with the child it doesn't mean that you're giving up your power or anything like that but you're letting them know that here i'm here i'm listening i'm I'm open to whatever you have to say. What is it that you're dealing with, you know? And uh, so that's, I think, a key thing is, is and sometimes a child may need a, a, to be cuddled or sometimes they just need, me, need a, a little hug. Uh, How yeah. about a hug, Uncle Will? <laughs> yeah, you know, just a hug or, or uh, even just an affirmation, you know, and a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I'm not blaming everything on pandemic, but there are things that parents wind up in their homes have to be a parent, have to be the teacher, have to be the doctor, the nurse. And a lot of times they were all stuck in the house and, and, and not, you know, and then now kids are being sent to their room and in their room, they have access to computers and, mm-hmm. and stuff that is, they see stuff, they on chat, they on, you know, Facebook, they on all these other kind of things. And parents don't even know what they're watching halftime. They don't even know anything about social media, what the children do. And so they really have no way of, they really need to become more uh, tuned to what's going on social media wise, for sure. But uh, no matter how you much you uh, push your child or how much a child pushes, you got to be able to negotiate with the children and negotiating with them and helping them also helps you. And then sometimes you have to renegotiate, you know, and mm-hmm. so when, when your child is screaming and, and reacting angrily, it can be intimidating. I know, but parents have a tendency to rene- if to renegotiate after bad behavior in these kind of situations. It, it'll help them, you know, and and to remember that if you give in and renegotiate, your child learns that angry outbursts work for them. So, you but wanna- but Uncle Will, yeah. it sounds like you're talking about a toddler. Well, well, you know, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, you said tantrum, you said, um, you, you said negotiate, and then you said renegotiate. Mm-hmm. That sounds just like what we typically might do with toddlers. And I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, that if that is the type of thing that a parent is doing with their toddler, then by the time they get to be a teenager, they're probably still doing those types of things. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got to this point, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's how we get to that point because see, there are a lot of parents today, for instance, will say you're grounded. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes later, they ask, mom, well, you know, I was already scheduled to go to such, such a place. Can I go? 
Okay, but you make sure you be back. You know, so now you renegotiate, you know, the kids say, well, but I already had this plan rather than just sticking to what you say, you know, and so. uh, That's hard. Yeah. But when you don't stick to the consequences, you lose control. Mm. So that's the key thing. If you give them a consequence, you have to stick to it. And that's where a lot of parents, I think, uh, really mess up at. So it's important, you know that you want to be able to address the situation and yet give them consequences and be firm and stick with it because children know who they can go to and who they can't. Some of them use the mother and the father, you know, against each other and all of mm-hmm. those kind of things. But if there's a single parent, a lot of times a single parent will give in, you know, because I don't want my child to think that I'm keeping them from their friends and don't want them to think that I don't want them to have fun. But the point is that as a parent, you got to be able to be consistent. But what if they get mad? You know, like I think parents get a get kind of afraid. Some parents, not all, that my child is going to be angry with me. I don't want them to hate me, so I'm going to give in. I mean, is that something that you think is a part of the problem with why parents don't? Some parents don't follow through with consequences. It is one of the problems, but you know the deal is what a parent has to continue. That goes back to the affirmation thing. You know what I'm my fa- my dad used to tell me many years ago. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, and I didn't understand that at that time. But what he really mm-hmm. was saying is that I love you, and mm-hmm. I really hate to have to punish you. I really hate to have to discipline you. I don't want you to miss out on other things. But because you have not done what I've asked you to do, then there are some consequences. But this too shall pass, you know. But so I understand that when a parent loves a child, even though, you know, because even when when I first got married, man, with kids, with our children, I I was not the one that would I said, I'm not going to be like my dad. My dad did this. My dad did that. But mm-hmm. I you know, but then the key thing is you can't be too soft. You can't be too hard. So you got to have a medium, you know, you got to be uh, right there in the middle mm-hmm. and, and stick to it. And, and that's a thing that it pinnacles a person's personality and all of that up their upbringing, all that comes into play. But the key thing is that we have responsibility to know that we want our children to be successful. We want them to carry on a legacy. We want them to be able to make it out here in this world. And they yes. may not understand why we're doing what we're doing and saying what we're saying and even giving the consequences that we're giving them. But we have to be able to deal with the chaos even being calm. And when we learn to do that, then we'll be mm-hmm. successful. And so I'm I'm glad you said that because I know that when we don't follow through on those consequences, then the consequences are then a child who is out of control, who is beyond, you know, what maybe the household can come up with for solutions. But then I ask you the question because you work closely in this field. What are options to get kids help? You know, how can, when, when things are already out of control, okay, it's great that you're telling us this now, but it, it's a little bit out of control. So what can parents do now? What are the options to get things back under control? Well, I think, first of all, there's always parent support lines that people can actually uh, call in. And if they just Google it, parent support line, there's some in every state, you know, where they would actually call and they would have coaches there to coach parents that are beyond 
they already created what they have and then they need that help. So there are some that's going to need that where they have to call somebody outside and get that help. A lot of times parents don't want outsiders to be involved, but when Mm -hmm. you know that you want your child to be successful, you got to let somebody in because Mm -hmm. see what happens is a lot of times there are parents who they're afraid that you may try to take my child away from me. If you find out all our past and our history, but the key thing is, um, they got to be able to be willing to reach out to get help for their child. And I think when they go and call and they let people know, that, look, I love my child. I really want to help my child to be successful. I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I'm quite sure that that coach on the other end would be willing to help them in any way they can. And I know that the school, some school districts are really good about having community resources to uh, support. Also, I think uh, I'm pretty sure that even through your insurance, even if it's Medicaid or whatever mm-hmm. you may have in California, that's Medi-Cal. There's some resources through insurance yeah. that also can uh, facilitate getting that help, whether it's counseling, family counseling, student counseling. Sometimes even out here in California, we have counseling that happens at the school site. So, I mean, there are a lot of early intervention opportunities. And yeah, yeah, so you don't want to see your child end up in juvenile hall, but if they do, there's still some hope there. Yeah, because they have detention alternatives and different programs that they can get. They can get counseling. They can get uh, anger management counseling. They can get uh, respect classes, all of those kind of things. But, uh, you know, to refer to someone, but then there are parents that I believe that if they learn to break that good cop, bad cop routine, that mm-hmm. in that home, see, you know, one said, well, I'm going to be the good cop, I'm going to be the bad cop. See, the kids mm-hmm. know yeah, who's the good and who's the bad, and so they're going to go to the good. So they both have to be on one accord when mm-hmm. they work together, and then they will have less chaos, and they got to they gotta stop getting stuck when you don't see eye to eye. You know, and, and that's what happens a lot of time too. Even as parents, you know, sometimes parents don't see eye to eye. And, mm-hmm. pre- and then they must prevent blaming each other or your child. You know, sometimes the parents say, well, he just like you, you know, mm. uh, like your, you're just like your daddy and all those kind of things. So you have to prevent that blaming stuff and, and those kind of things that if you're aware of and you start thinking about affirmation and supporting and positive thinking and right and all motivating rather than destroying, you know, and putting down and demeaning each other. And children, they catch more than they're taught. They actually mm-hmm. watch their parents and they actually do act out what the parents act. And then they'll say things like, well, I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, That's the same um, thing with the apple. The apple doesn't fall too far from the right, tree. Right. Yeah. You know, but so uh, there should be no more passing blame to your co-parent or child. You know, the deal is sometimes the parents are divorced and then they have child goes from one house to the other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every other week. And so those are kind of things that is, can cause trauma just because the parents got divorced. A lot of times parents forget that the children are affected more so so sometimes than the parents when the parents get divorced. Right. So all that causes problems. And then the teacher won't know, well, is something going on at home? What's wrong? And why are you angry? And why are you upset? And all those kind of things, they're, cry- they're actually crying out and don't really realize it. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've seen that. 
And, you know, I, I know there have to be some success stories. I know you work with uh, such a the other extreme of, of getting help for kids, for teens who are having behavioral issues. But um, I know that there has to be some success stories to leave us with some hope. Can you at least share some of those success stories or at least one success story that you've seen? Well, you know, like I said, uh, working at the juvenile detention center, we get the children when uh, they get arrested and they have committed a crime because as a result of all the anger that was not dealt with or their mental issues as well. But we've actually have one young man that came to us who was with us for like uh, six months. And he was even told by his parent, you're not anything. You're not worth anything. You'll never be anything. Mm, Yeah. So while he was there, though, we were able to give him some affirmation, some positive reinforcement. And when he left there, he had a positive attitude and his mind had changed. His mind was made up that I am going to be successful and I'm going to show my parents that I'm going to be successful. Now, unfortunately, the parents had a negative attitude, but he turned that negative into a positive. So actually, he went into the military and came back to the juvenile center to, as a guest speaker to speak to the kids that were there and letting them know that, you know, you can make it, you can be successful. And the key thing is, I think, for any child or even parent is that we recognize the fact that we don't let no one tell us who we are. You know, mm. the deal is we have to recognize and get to the point that know who we are. And if we don't know who we are, we need to be uh, finding out who we are and setting some goals. And so this young man set some goals, and I'm really proud of him. It's great to have kids come back in uniform, you know, that were deemed a loser and mm. yet was be able to be successful now defending his country. So that is one success. And there are many uh, people that uh, t- that turns around and there's uh, parents out there that I know they may be down and they may be not knowing the answers, but all you have to do is seek out those that do have the answers and let's break that cycle of fear and stress and disappointment mm-hmm. and stop feeling. And you know, a lot of times the kids today, they're consumed with addiction. And of course for addiction, they definitely have to be referred to someone that can help them and uh, they can again, feel empowered and take back their life. Yes. They just need someone to speak into their lives and encourage them. And there's help out there for parents. And for parents who are going through right now, I want them to know that they can get help. And there's success stories out there and they can be a success as well. Absolutely. I love that because, you know, people need to understand or everyone, parents, children, everybody, need to understand that there's no problem that can't be solved when you put the work in. And so it's just wonderful to hear those success stories and, and know even someone who ended up at the most extreme place, juvenile hall or juvenile detention center can still have a success story. And that's a great reminder, but are there any final thoughts that you have for parents? Any final uh, words? Well, I think the key thing is for any parent that to be reminded that there are support lines that they can reach out to. And I know that they may not have the, all the answers, but there are people that are trained and professionals that can help them. And if they would really learn to uh, be motivated in the sense that knowing that 
I have to do the best for my child. I have to affirm, give my child affirmation. And it's just an op- And that's why I'm in the field that I'm in. I mean, at my age, I probably should be retired, but I love what I do. I try to help young people and pour into them, you know, and, and, and there's a, there's a key thing. I think that the father's hearts need to be turned back to the children, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that there's so many, that there's so many male seeds are being destroyed and we have to be able to help them and show them the right way. Power is not out there in the streets. I love it. Thank you so much for that. That was a a well of knowledge. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. And so for you, parent who is listening right now, if you or someone you know is supporting a team with challenging behaviors, understand that there is hope. And that is my simple challenge for you on today, just to believe that there is hope. And your loving reminder is that When we show that we believe in our children, they begin to internalize that and will believe in themselves too. So I surely hope that this episode has blessed you. And if it has, remember to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss any other episodes. And also be sure to share with others because that is what's going to make the biggest difference in someone else's parenting journey. I appreciate you and thank you for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.